Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice coming back at you with another podcast, number episode 44. So we have almost to 50 y'all and we are starting our Snowfall series tomorrow um, at the latest Thursday because I want to rewatch and make sure I take all my little notes down, <laughs> you know, we got to do this right. And today, it's only right, before we get into the Snowfall series, we cover the documentary that I've been talking about. Um, I hope you guys checked it out. If not, you know, you can. You got plenty of time to do that. Um, it's Freeway Rick Ross documentary, because, you know, Snowfall is loosely based off his life. Um, he had two, but I didn't want to send you guys to watch something that you had to pay for, you know. So I did find the one. It was free, and it's on YouTube. And the full documentary is on there. It's fire. It is titled Freeway Rick Ross documentary, Cracking the System. And then it says the um, story behind Snowfall. So that's what we're covering today. And then tomorrow we'll either recap Snowfall either tomorrow. I know I'll be watching it tomorrow because I just kind of want to refresh my brain. And then if I can't record tomorrow, we'll get it in Thursday. Um, another thing that they just announced, um, speaking of TV shows, um, they just announced that you is coming back on Netflix. So um, that comes October 15th. I will definitely be covering that show. So if you guys are into you, I know all the people who are following me with Cruel Summer. That's probably something you guys are like. So we will definitely be covering you. Uh, so I will definitely catch up on that. It's um, season one and two is already out, but they're bringing season three. That is a dope show. So we'll start covering that in October and add that to the pod as well. Um, for all my power listeners, they just announced that um, Jukebox, her mother is coming to the show. So guess who they casted as her mother? Latoya Luckett from Destiny Child. I think that's pretty dope. So that's going to be interesting. Um, they're bringing her um, mom onto the show. I don't know if she'll be on season um one at the end or uh, the beginning of season two. But I thought that was a little interesting for my power watchers. Um, but pretty much I don't have any church announcements just that we're starting snowfall this week. Um, I did push for all the people who follow me on Narcos. I pushed the Tijuana Plaza and Sinaloa Plaza. We're going to push that out a little bit. We're going to go ahead and, you know, get off into snowfall and then we'll start when season three drops, we'll cover that documentary because that'll be about season three. So we'll just move it, you know, on down and we'll just uh, stick with Snowfall for right now on Power. And um, next month, we'll start covering you. Uh, I think I had to say one more thing that I can't remember. But like an old woman right now, I'm forgetting stuff. Um, that, that must be pretty much it. Um. Yeah, that must be pretty much it. Oh, one more thing. Sorry, guys. I had to think about it because I'm like, no, I needed to say something, right? Um, remember, I told you guys that we were going to cover crack as well before we started Snowfall. But as I was kind of putting things together and putting the um, plans together for the pod, I said, we'll push the narco wars 
on to season three when we do Narcos. And then for Crack, we're going to cover it when we get to end of season one in Snowfall because it takes a while for it to get there in season one. But then once it gets there, when we get to episode 10, that's when we get introduced to, you know, the crack and everything. So I figure that'll be real good to go ahead and break that down real good and authentic once we get to the end of season one on episode 10. So that, that's what I'm going to do. So today we'll just do the Freeway Rick Ross and then we'll do the crack at the end of season one. And then, of course, the narco wars when when um, narcos gets to coming back on. So that's pretty much it for the um, for the church announcements for the pod. Um, don't forget, if you're into uh, power, catch my recaps. And I just dropped a Michael Jackson tribute for his birthday. Um, and like I got like I've been telling you guys, especially about we getting into the snowfall stuff. If you guys are really interested in stuff like this, um, check out this book I've been reading. Um, some things I've been through. It is by Jamil from Gully TV. Uh, he pop in. He got his YouTube channel. It's over 100,000 subscribers. And when I say he got some dope interviews, he got some hot material. So check that out, especially if you're going to be into stuff like this. What we talking about? He's interviewed you know, half of these dudes, the stuff we talking about now. So I say, check him out and check this book out. It's so dope. It's some things I've been through a memoir by Jamil Gully, CV Lindsay, and you can catch that on Amazon. If you will be in the Atlanta area or live in the Atlanta area next month, my friend is opening up a spa. It is going to be called Ambience Health and Wellness Spa, and she will be specializing in mineral detox body wraps, vaginal steams, iconic foot baths, and colonics, mineral detox body wraps. And that's included like the ionic foot baths, um, the, colon the colonal uh, hydrotherapy, colonics, the uh, Himalayan salt and fair sauna therapy. So come on in there and get your spa day on. And it is $10 off any service with the flyer. And that opens at the end of, well, what's today? Is it the first? No, today's the 31st. So um, September is going to open up at the end of the month. So that'll be about three, four weeks from now. So I will be shouting that out the closer we get to opening. I am so proud of my girl, Amber. Shout out to her. And don't forget to follow me on my social media platforms. You can hit me up on Facebook or IG. And that is under Alicia Shanice. And if you have Spotify, don't forget, you can follow me on my playlist platforms. I have made it public for you guys to jam to. I got some heat on there. All of it is under Shanice Love. So it can be under Shanice Loves and then it'll have 80s, 90s, all that good stuff. So check me out. I don't want to keep you guys too long tonight. So what that means, let's get into the show. I told you guys before or for my new listeners if you know here um I got into snowfall late 
much late. I didn't get into it until season four dropped, like a few months before it dropped, right? And I just want to explain why and why I'm doing this podcast tonight. Um, from my very first pod that I started, I told you guys I want I love I love true crime and I love the stories behind the story. So I'm the type of person if I watch something and I know it's based off you know something true, I go dig in and I want to know everything. I, I like to know the facts about it. I love like true crime. So that I, I told you guys before, that's why I really wanted to cover Narcos and Snowfall because it's based off real things that went on that affected communities. It was a domino effect for, for everybody, right? So um, when I started covering Narcos, that was how the drugs got over to America, and we we went all the way through that and we we went from colombia to mexico and now we're going into what happened when it got over here what did it do to the americans and especially the black community and that's where snowfall plays along so as you guys know i am writing a book the book is not based off my life it's straight um fiction it's a story i'm telling i've been writing it for about a year and um I was just straight making it up off the dome just a very imaginative mind i made up my characters i'm all into it so when i was writing my brother was like you love all this stuff like you need to check out snowfall and i never will watch it the reason why is because i watch a lot of true crime documentaries interviews whatever so i had knew the freeway rick ross story and i've watched him when he's um i used to watch vlad tv a lot not so much anymore um he has to have somebody interested on there for me to watch um i love valuetainment and rick um rick was always on vlad and he was always on well he was always on multiple interviews, but he was on Value Tame's channel as well, and I love his channel. So his story always stuck out to me, and it was just very interesting on how he got out of prison and, you know, the CIA with the Contras, stuff we've been covering. And, you know, we've seen how it took place out of other countries. But so when I heard how, you know, R.I.P. to John Singleton, but you know how he did him dirty. I'm like, I'm not supporting that because his it was like his uh, story was just ripped completely off. So my brother kept telling me like, nah, sis, you got to watch Snowfall. You got to watch Snowfall. And I'm like, no, nah, I want to watch Snowfall. I, I, I know the story, you know. So um, I think we had end up all of us end up going home for Christmas and we were sitting there and he had cut it on. So I'm like, okay, look, look good. And then when I got back home, I ended up watching it and turned it off. Bullshit you not. I don't think I cut it off <laughs> four days. I finished the whole series like in a week, all three seasons. So I'm like, oh shit. So it, it has become my favorite show. Like it's so authentic and I want to cover it in detail. So by the time season five drops i'm thinking it probably come out in march we'll already been recapped and we'll be doing predictions and we will be ready and i used to watch other people recaps and be mad like nah y'all don't know what y'all talk about because <laughs> i love to talk about stuff like this like it's my passion and um that's why i'm so happy i got my podcast now so i can just run my mouth right and 
I said, we're not going to just jump in the snowfall. We're going to do the right thing and we're going to tell the story. We're going to cover the documentary on Rick. His story was stole. And, you know, this is loosely based off his life. Of course, John, um, they are good writers. And, you know, John is a legend. His work speaks for himself. Um, but, you know, this is loosely based off his life and how, you know, how we love to talk about stuff we watch, but then break it down. Cause most of the stuff I'm covering is stuff that's based off of true, true events. Like we do the powers and I just announced that we'll do you cause it's a good show. But a lot of my stuff, I like talking about stuff that's based off true stories and, I know Rick and John were in talkings and, you know, he they were sh he was shopping deals around based off of his book and the movie he was trying to make. So they were definitely in talkings. And, you know, sometimes when that Hollywood game is played, it doesn't work out. So they went on and did it without him. And it was his story. And if you have watched a lot of his background and what he what he went through when you watch Snowfall, it is just like Rick with the CIA, with the war, with everything, you know? So that's why I really wanted to cover this. And yeah, it, it just, it, it was really interesting. So this documentary opens up and we see, uh, a, you know, a young Rick and we see that he's actually from Texas from for just a you know he spent a few of his adolescent years there then he moved to south central and you know was born and was raised up from south central and that's where he got into the game at and also that's where franklin is is based at in snowfall south central and it shows us on how when he was really young he um seen a lot you know he's seen his um uncle beating on his mother and his mother end up killing him in front of him. And that's a lot for any child to see. So um, it talks on how he ended up going to, Central, to South Central and he basically made it to high up in, you know, at grade level. And he was a really good tennis player. And that was very odd, you know, a little boy being in South Central, a little black boy, and he's not being a crip or blood in the 80s because this is the time frame of the 80s but he's playing tennis so he's doing good he's ready to go to college for it and when he goes and tries to apply the only thing that knocks him off his grind and you know he doesn't get that scholarship or he doesn't get to go to college is because he was illiterate rick could not read or write and that's what turned him over and introduced him to selling drugs. And one reason I felt bad about, you know, watching Snowfall, like I said, I get into the real, real stories. I know the full, paid in full. I know that whole story, like it's the back of my hand. I did. I used to get off all into that. I know about Alpo, Rich, AZ, the Supreme Team. Like I, I, I research all of that. You know, one of my favorite platforms is Gully TV. <laughs> as a, as a, as a female, and he covers all of his interviews, most of these guys, and you know, have the the stories on them. And one of the things I felt bad for, and this this the um episode is not to glorify Rick, because I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna glorify the drug game. I don't do that. I just think it's very interesting and it's a very a very important part of history because if you think about it, yeah, heroin, all that was all cocaine, that was always around. 
but crack did something to the community and john singleton said it best in one of his interviews he said you know you had the jim crow we had slavery we had all of that but what crack hit it took that was the one thing that willingly took mothers away from their from their children you know like i said you go through slavery jim crow this that but crack just destroyed our communities we might have didn't have the most back then but we owned our own grocery stores we owned our own markets we owned our own community we had police who policed our own communities back then um of course we did have other ones but i'm just saying we we were a community we had the panthers we had all of that and when crack came Hell, that even took pimps out the game. <laughs> you remember? I mean, you know, it used to be all about the pimps and the numbers and all of that. Crack came and destroyed everything. So it's a very big part of history that just has to be told. So I definitely will not glorify him as a drug dealer, which I don't glorify any of them. Even with narcos, I didn't glorify that. We just talk about what happened and or whatever. But it's not to glorify, is that, you know, the so-called war on drugs really affected communities and when you find out how it wasn't really a war on drugs that just say no just say no it wasn't real because at the same time when you're screaming just say no and walking around smiling it's a blind eye to all that stuff getting flown over here and they love to use this the black faces as the drug dealers but we didn't have planes we didn't we, we wouldn't bring in all that stuff over here. So it's bigger than what they say. So that's why I love talking about it and I won't glorify it. But at the same time, I get it, too. So we're going to go. I, I like to break down all sides of it. You know what I'm saying? And one of the reasons why I was like, damn, Rick always getting done wrong, because you have a man who was locked up in prison and everybody know him as Freeway Rick. And you have a whole rapper who comes out and his name is not rick his name is not ross but he takes his whole name his whole style raps about his lifestyle and he was a correction officer and that's not a knock at rick you know rick ross the rapper it's just the fact that i just felt like damn why everybody always play um play play you know play rick ross is the um you got the rapper doing it and then you got john singleton who did it um i'm sure it probably was much more that went into it but i'm just going off of what that he, what he said and i just don't want to start covering snowfall before i say what took me so long to watch it and also break down you know rick ross documentary first so um yeah in the documentary this was really really good it had show you know his upbringing on how for number one this was a shame for him to make it into high school and you have teachers steady passing him to each grade going up and he couldn't read or write that is just ridiculous and it happened too often in our communities where they would pass kids up you know let them get up to high school and they weren't able to read or write you know that's ridiculous but then you have his also shows you like a true hustler and what he could do and this kind of reminds me of frank lucas as well you have them bringing in 200 300 thousand dollars a day off drug money being able to run their organizations and freeway rick ross and frank lucas neither one of them could read or write I mean, that's crazy. So it shows us on how 
Um, he grew up. He left Texas at a very early age. So he was basically raised in South Central. He went to school that long, but he was really good in tennis. Like he didn't, he wasn't a gangster. And that's kind of similar to how Franklin is. Remember, Franklin wasn't a gangster. He uh, was in, he, you know, he did his little hustling with his uncle off of weed, but he didn't get into the game until he was on the other side of town. And that's when he was introduced to cocaine through that that thing and then it shows us in freeway ricks through his teacher is where he was introduced to you know the cocaine and the connect and everything so first he started off where he was just running like stealing cars running a, a car theft operation and then he got moved into the crack era and this doc was really good because it showed us real footages of him in court of him being arrested but it also showed us gary webb's testimony and we've seen what that did and i'll break that down in one moment it also have how the dirty cops and it had a few of them in there who were on the news who had got caught stealing drug money selling guns and everything it had them in there they had some of the dea agents in there they had um attorneys so i always like to see that in docs when they have all type of people from all different worlds and who came from you know some opposite opponents and some who were on his side it have all of them in there so it make the doc even much realer so first, you know, it, it, let's get into his family. It has his mom talking a little bit. It has some of his ex-girlfriends, the mother of his children. They're talking about the lifestyle they used to live because these were young kids in the 80s. And a lot of people, I was telling my uncle this because he was like, everybody got the same story. I said, yeah, they do. But everybody wasn't getting money straight from the CIA, you know, and even though it didn't come directly from the CIA where Rick Ross was dealing with, it was an asset of the CIA. So it's kind of like the same thing. And that goes hand in hand with the snowfall. You know, like if you watch Snowfall, Franklin and Gustavo, they would be CIA assets because those are the ones that they use to push the thing up. So Blandon, who Freeway Rick was incarcerated for and, you know, helped set up, that was an asset. And it ties to the same thing we covered in Narcos, this Contra war. So it just shows you like with America trying to go and save another country, get them out of crisis as they should. You know, you should want to help people, you know, what they're going through. We're not going to get off into the war, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with helping. But while you're sending all that money over there and doing all of this stuff, you destroyed your own community and one of the men in the docs said when he was doing the interviews getting down to the bottom of the information that they said well you know if you went to the black communities there were no police and you know the black people wanted to sell it and, and when they would kill anybody kill kill each other nobody cared and he just said it like with a straight face like how the guy said he was like you know it was no police it was easy access you could just get in and get out they didn't have bank accounts so they just had cash it was nothing to trace it to and the last thing he said was very important nobody cared and that's really sad and i don't think people realize like how important that is we look at certain things and we watch certain things and we'll glorify that life 
but it's also another side of it when you look at the domino effect of everything. So one thing I did like about Rick, Freeway Rick, and this kind of reminded me of, from Ace Boogie, AZ from Paid in Full. He wasn't a flashy guy. So if you ever seen him back then, you wouldn't even thought you would have had to knew him. You wouldn't even thought that he was the man. And he might have been walking around on him with a million dollars on him and just dressed bummy. Hell, he said sometimes people would think he was a smoker <laughs> and he wasn't. And he he didn't bring crack. He's like the king of crack um, because of how much he ended up selling. But he said they were already kind of rocking it up. And the sad part is he was like, it took a while because, you know, how we look at it now, we like, dang, that's a fan or a crackhead. He said back then, you know, they didn't look at it that way because it was new. So people weren't actually crackheads yet. It took them a while for a mother to, you know, stop working and becoming how they came. You know, they say back then prostitutes who were, you know, was with the pimping, they were like beautiful women. And then, you know, when the, dr when the drugs came out, that's when they end up looking like crackheads. Like they, they said the prostitutes used to be very beautiful. And... So it has the, you know, his family in there saying on how the money just was coming in fast. And it took a while for them to see their loved ones end up trickling down to what they became. And it has um, some of his Cody's in there. And he's talking about on how, you know, then when they were working with Blandone, the guns got to coming in and they're bringing in Uzis and machine guns and AK-47s in the neighborhood. And we didn't have access to bring that over here, but somebody was supplying it, you know, and they were getting it from one the same guy. And that's getting brought back over here into the communities. Uh, one of the guys talked about how, you know, he wasn't doing drugs, but, you know, at the time they were giving it to their girlfriends. They're having all that stuff, living like young, 20, 18 years old. They had access to it. It was easy to make. You had people who had never had uh, maybe $100 in their pocket. So coming across and they have 100000 you know, just for example. And he was saying how... When his when his daughter was born, she was born with like her kidney messed up, her liver, and it was so much damage to where they thought she wasn't going to make it. And, you know, she was a miracle baby because, you know, at that time she was like 10 and healthy, but it was because of her mom was addicted to crack and was on drugs the whole time she was pregnant with her. So it showed in the doc what it was doing to children and it showed on how like 10 year olds was addicted to crack cocaine and how the murder rate just went ballistic you know and one minute you have like a nice community then you have single mothers single fathers they're walking through the street looking like zombies so it had all the all of that in the doc and then it shows Freeway wanting to stop. And then when he did get caught the first time, he's, he got out and how it was kind of like a setup for him to get back in. And I don't want to jump too far ahead on that. I'll cover that in a minute when we get to Blandone's part. But that more was the element of his family and friends just talking about it. Um, we have his Cody's on there talking about how they had to leave and then how they were expanding and they had cities all over. And they had to connect. They had the real connect. So they were getting the prices cheaper. They were getting much more. And they were doing their thing. Not only that, it had real police officers in there who were dirty, who were caught on camera, stealing the money out of the um out of the rooms. They're stealing 
all of the drug money. They're taking money. And it had some of them in there who were caught and where some of them went to jail and some of them were fired. And they were just saying on how, you know, even if you kind of wanted to do the right thing. Okay. But, um, some of them might have did. <laughs> Some of them might have did. But they were saying even if you wanted to do the right thing and not take the money from the drug dealers, if your partners and them seeing that, you would be labeled a snitch. So it was like you had the what they call that, the blue wall of silence. You had to take the money or you were labeled as a snitch and they would make it hard for you at work. So it was like a task force and all of them were assigned to rick freeway rick and his crew but they were all dirty too so they're getting all this money and they get caught they're going to places they're on a cop salary but they're going to places like puerto rico and all type of places wife living it up lavish from this money so this affected them too a whole precinct then they're getting fired or going to jail themselves. So I had them up in there and they're talking about it. And then they're saying how they were, some of them were bringing in evidence and they were like, oh, it's a bigger picture. Just, you know, just ignore it. You know, they're not bothering anybody. Nobody cares about their community anyway. And a lot of stuff was just swept, swept under the rug until what? The, pe the big people got tired of it and they needed a they needed a face and they went and got something easy. So it has the cops in there telling the story. Then we get to Gary Webb and Gary Webb's story is so sad to me. They um try to say that Gary Webb was um based off of if you watch Snowfall already and about to recap it with me was based off of Irene's character, the journalist. But Gary Webb was definitely not a nemesis to Freeway Rick. Gary Webb came around in the 90s and he died in 2004. They say he committed suicide with two gunshots to the head. I don't know who can shoot themselves twice in the head, but that's what's written down as it was a suicide in 2004. But Gary Webb came across the story in the early 90s and that's when he it was able to put two and two together and he was on Montel Williams. He was going around with like Maxine waters and when um when they were fighting for you know it came out you know allegedly that the cia brought all this stuff over here and they were holding press conferences in los angeles and los angeles and they even had one of the top guys from the cia going to los angeles at a town hall meeting and the residents were just going off and he was like the cia will have nothing to do with this we, we would never do anything like that but then it came to find out you know and you know unclassified documents that were printed out much later that you know they might have turned a blind eye and gary webb exposed the story he um went to different countries he went and talked to people from nicaragua he got a lot of evidence and proof and he actually went and visited freeway in prison and, you know called him in prison and when they're talking all of this stuff is all of this stuff is coming out so that's when freeway he didn't even you know how in frank with franklin and snowfall you can see that he knows what's going on with the war he knows what the teddy guy is all about but the whole time freeway was out he never knew the connection with blandone so all of this came out with the gary webb story and this actually helped him out with his appeal because he had got sentenced on the third strike law because with all this crack out that's when they made all of these laws and one day we'll cover the 13th and it'll show you on how it was all a setup 
And it shows that in the documentary about how all the law, how when they just seen how crack hit and it hit overnight and it turned people's lives upside down. And it's so sad when you think about it because they just rushed in and they made up laws over 24 hours. And it's people who were caught who might have had a gram of crack a little piece of candy and they got life in prison and how they made all of these rules and a war on drugs and all of this. And there's so many people who all they probably needed was rehab or it was all a setup and they've never, they will never see the light of day again. Like all of those laws that they rushed and made with the so-called war on drugs. So that's why I said it's kind of touching and I don't glorify it, but it's just to break down, you know, his story. And, Gary Webb exposed a lot of this stuff and he brought a lot of eyes and attention to it. But at the end, it kind of destroyed his life because he was fired from his mag, his tabloid or his newspaper. I'm sorry, not tabloid, his newspaper. He was fired from that. He went through a lot and nobody really would have them, have him on his shows. But Montel Williams had him on there. So if you guys want to, it's a little piece in the doc, but it's more on YouTube as well. And you know, Freeway, it shows on how he was able to do his appeal and, you know, talk about how with the third strike and prove his case. And he was let out in 2009. And of course, when he gets out, he sees before he got out, he was already hearing about the rapper Rick Ross taking his name, making millions of dollars, basically per perpetrating his life. And at first he was like, it's OK, you know, but you know, you have to do something about this. So he said he had a conversation and he has this in a documentary that he had a conversation with uh, Rick Ross, the rapper. And he told him that he would come see him and they could talk about it. And he never came and he changed his number. So that's why I was like, damn, everybody playing him. Then, you know, when he get out, he could tell his own story. Then John want to work with him. I don't want to talk bad about the dead. Rest in peace. John Singleton is a legend. You know, his work speaks for himself. But as they're doing negotiation, you know, Hollywood is different. You've got to go through this and you've got to go through that. But I just found it dirty on how his story was took again. So that's what took me so long to get there. But Gary Webb, to get back to him, he brought so much information to the table and it's a it's a movie based on his life if you watch marvel or you watch um you know the avengers anything like that the guy who plays a uh, hawkeye i think his name is jeremy renner he has the movie uh, he plays in a movie he stars gary webb and it's called the messenger and it is so good and it's based off his life and it has freeways character based on character in there, the guy who plays off the wire, who plays Omar, he plays Freeway's character. So check out that movie, guys. It's good. And it goes more in the detail on how Gary Webb went over to Nicaragua, did all the investigating and how he was basically made to look crazy. And then after his death or right before it, information ended up coming out. But by this time, he lost his family because, you know, when you're a journalist and you're all into your career and you know you got a point to prove and, you know, his all the, the scrutiny he was getting, it probably, you know, drove him away from his family, never there, losing his job. That can do depression to anybody. So his story was really sad. And that's why I was so happy to see him in a documentary in his own words, telling on how everything went. So that was really amazing about the documentary. It was good to see the cops in there as well, because you've seen that 
it was proof that it was really dirty cops in there taking the money, also setting it up. And speaking of cops, it also has in the doc on how they pulled Rick over and they end up putting guns to their head and putting dope in the in the trunk that wasn't his. Then it showed in there how he you know, back then you could run in somebody's house because the communities, we would protect each other. So he ran in somebody's house. They hid him in there and the cops end up finding him and how the dogs just came in there eating him up. And it has the pictures of how his face was and all the marks and everything. So we got to see that side too. So I was happy that they did, did not cut that out. And they were able to bring proof on how the cops are moving in the eighties and how you had the dirty ones who would take the money and also set you up, putting stuff in there and also uh, abusing you as well because those marks were brutal and I loved it that we seen the Cody co-defendant his Cody in there and it showed him real footage Maxine uh, Waters as well Gary Webb at one of them as well were there in South Central and they're down there at the town hall meeting and they are going off at the CIA agent they're showing um the real footage of like how they were dropping everything off uh, um, from the planes for the war. And that's in there as well. So this documentary was really good and it was really deep. Then it also showed, like I said, I, um, I see we've seen the real footage of them stealing all the evidence and stealing all they seen all the evidence they're going in there they're just taking all the drug money and these cops were in vegas and they're just living it up and they're seeing themselves on the news and to to wrap it up rick ended up getting caught the first time and he went to prison so it shows us that when he got out that's when he actually was, was calming down you know he was he was calming down and then around that time, which a lot of drug dealers were doing this, you can look at it like the death row. You can look at Michael Herio. It was his money that was behind death row start and like so many others without naming names who ain't, you know, <laughs> but like so many others, most record companies and record labels were funded by drug money or drug dealers who were trying to clean their money, wash their money and get that clean. So when Rick got out, he was kind of broke and all he had was like his businesses at the time. He had a lot of hotels. He had a lot of apartment complexes and houses, but he also was starting to open up um uh, like an apollo on on the south central he had people invested in there just kind of like if you go to the dc and we look at the guy not, well new york and dc when we look at uh i can't think of his name right now shoot it's not coming to me i can't think of his name right now but he rolled with so this would have been out of harlem but it was a dude in dc who was doing it too but out of harlem when we look at um the nikki barnes the one dude who was rolling with nikki barnes i can't think of his name right now it's not coming to me but he was had some stake in apollo so rick was doing it over on the west coast and he also had business deals where he was putting a lot of money into anita baker's career like who would have thought anita baker right i love her music but anita baker career so he was really doing good and they get to talking about blandone 
And this is where we get into the war part, how Blandon was from Nicaragua and it was okay for him to come over here. And first it was um, the reporter lady. She kind of breaks it down like, you know, he didn't set out to be this real big drug dealer. But when you get these guys and they get to just making this fast money, they get to use to that lifestyle and they get to loving it. So originally he came over here just to do what he had to do to fund the money over to to the country for the freedom fighters but at the same time let's go back to snowfall and i'm not trying to ruin it for people who haven't watching it but i'm sure if you're gonna recaps you might have watched it but when we go to remember before teddy took over it was a guy from nicaragua who was going to do be basically the drug dealer the smuggler and that's kind of how blandon was he was from nicaragua came from a very known family and he's over here making all this money and you know freeway said he had got introduced to him and got introduced basically into the game from his teacher so that was an interesting part in the doc as well he got his connection from one of his school teachers and when he got introduced to blandon you know he said at first he was very discreet but you could tell he was the man and then you know he became like a father figure to him anything he wanted he got so by this time they have made all this money together and had all these connections and Blandon gets locked up and he gets caught basically basically with like um 10,000 keys like it was it was equal equalized up to like 1 billion dollars of everything and he's caught and he's he's facing four life sentences but he wasn't even he didn't even have his green card over here he wasn't even a US citizen so how did he get out so quick makes you think and he was the supplier for Rick. So when Rick got out, it showed us on how at first he was trying to get into the music game, go legit. He was done. And he gets a call and Blandon is trying to tell him, like, look, I got these keys. I'll do this for you. And he said it went for months on at a time. Like, I'll do 30 for this. I'll do I'll do this for I'll do 30. Then I'll drop it down to 20, then 15. And then he offered 10. And it was like a deal that he could not pass up on. So him and his Cody Chico went to go meet up. It was all a setup and he was arrested. And that's when he was faced with life without you know parole you know just a life sentence and he said how his mom just broke down crying and that was like the worst thing it was like you know him just killing his mother you know the way her she screamed and it sh he showed you on like how you know he had all this love in the streets but by the time he got locked up that was basically all he had left was his mother the girls they came for two three months then they left and all he had was his mother and his children not even a lot of his friends were there so i did like that they showed that side of it as well and they showed him going around talking to teachers and students and you know talking about his life that was interesting as well um but the blandon guy that that was just crazy and then they let him testify and you know if it might not have been for Gary, that helped out his case a lot with him bringing so much evidence and, you know, with his team of lawyers still working with him because by then I'm sure he didn't have all that money left and them still being able to do that appeal. So he was um, appealed out in 2009. 
But Blandon basically was let out just to get Freeway Rick, which is interesting because normally they'll get the guy who's making the money, but they always want the bigger guy. You know, they'll always let, you know, let the lesser evil person out. And, you know, they made it look like Rick was just he was really big and he probably was one of the highest crack dealers back then for the, the, the moves he was making. But Blandon was the connect. And he was just, after the setup, uh, it was such a slap in the face to Rick because he said he was smiling when he got arrested. And they basically let him go back to Nicaragua with all of his money. And he's over there with, like, businesses now. After, <laughs> it, it, I don't think people understand what I'm saying. Like, a guy from another country comes over here and that, that's the game he supply all of this stuff over in our communities they they just they just need a face so they make rick the face of it arrest him life in prison and just let him go back that was really interesting so this documentary was very powerful i loved it and i just wanted to talk about the freeway rick story before we got off into snowfall because a lot of it is loosely based off of his life and it showed his you know pictures of his children in there it showed him when he first got out in the dock and you see him come home and you know you just come home you've been locked up for a dozen amount of years the world looks different to you and it showed the dea in there and they're talking about it then you have some cops who said they were going to do their job and they had all this evidence against Blandon and they were just like, nope, we, we don't want to see it. Let's cover it up. And they basically just let this man just get get on, get on with it because allegedly he was connected with the CIA. So that's why I say his story is not like um, a lot of drug dealers because even though they know that they were bringing it over here, he was directly connected with the asset of the CIA. And you just see the similarities in the show and in Franklin because Freeway Rick reminds me of AZ. They weren't in it to hurt anybody. They weren't in it to be these big gangsters. They were in it to get money. And that's all it was about was getting money and putting their people on to get money. And it just, just was different. And it just show you the eighties and it show you how quick crack took over and how much it destroyed it. And it showed us on how, you know, people in our communities couldn't afford cocaine at the time and the cheapest thing for them to do was to you know get the baking soda cook it up and sell it and you seen the people in there just smoking it it was just really really sad so that was just basically my small recap for talking about uh, Freeway Rick, as we go on into the show, we'll do similarities as we're talking about episode to episode. But I do like on how, like I said, it's not to glorify him because, you know, none of this stuff was good. They did poison our community, but our own people doing it as well. But, you know, you kind of got to look at it from their side, too. They were young and they were have all access to all this stuff. And they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. They didn't know that they were um, they were basically given poison to like sometimes their own mothers or grandparents you know what i'm saying and then by the time that they did get hooked it was too late and we'll see that in the show as well so i did i do love on how he's you know changed his life and how he got in 
in prison, he learned how to read, he learned how to write, and he got to study in his own papers and study in the books and, you know, fighting his case. He had lawyers, but he was doing a lot of the studying and work and stuff that he taught himself in prison. I thought that was amazing. I think it's amazing how he got out and he's made an entrepreneur out of his life. He goes around doing a lot of seminars. He has books out. It says a lot for a guy who couldn't read and, you know, I wish one day he's able to tell this, this documentary is not big enough because this story is so important. So I hope one day he does get to tell his story and it gets to go mainstream. But Hollywood, they will try to change your story and say, no, we got to do it like this and like this. You know, even with us covering narcos, I always say with everything that happened, they didn't have to dramatize a bit. But Hollywood is going to be Hollywood. So hopefully one day, you know, Rick gets to tell his story in the big big screen like he wants but as much as i don't rock with vlad he do a lot of dope interviews on vlad the interview he did on valuetainment was pretty good um actually really good his documentary was good it's another one um it costs but if you want to check that out it's on amazon prime as well i hope you guys enjoyed my recap of freeway rick's documentary crack in the system um, it's late, so I want to get into my book and write a little bit, but, um, hopefully we'll recap tomorrow, Snowfall episode one, if not Thursday, I know I'm going to watch it tomorrow because I need to refresh my brain so we can talk and get all off into it. You know what I'm saying? So on that note, we'll do Snowfall. Um, once I get to watch it and I get all off into it, so I don't know how many episodes <laughs> I'm going to do this week, but I'll keep you guys updated. Don't forget, check out you on Netflix. We will start covering that in October. It's only two seasons, so that's what 20 episodes, and it's a binge. It's a binge watch. No ads, nothing like that. It's on Netflix. And then when we get done with episode 10 of season one of Snowfall, we'll cover that crack documentary. We can go more in detail. And Freeway Rick is also featured in um, that documentary as well. So this was just my, my little breakdown. I'm not done with Freeway because while we're covering Snowfall, we'll be talking about similarities and things. And then we'll uh, cover, he'll be in the crack documentary as well. So on that note, don't forget you guys can follow me on my social media platforms, IG and Facebook. It's Alicia Shanice. And don't forget about my Spotify playlist. All of them are titled Shanice Loves. Follow me on there if you love music. I hope you guys have a blessed night and I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And on that note, it's your girl Shanice and I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl Shanice. I'm not going to